I'm Neil Wilkins, and welcome to The Mindful Living Show. I'm joined today by Adrian Beale from Buckley and Beale, and um, we have a very interesting topic to discuss today, uh, which is the topic of jackfruit, um, something that you may or may not have seen uh, in the media of late, and it's becoming a bit of a hot property in the food market. Um, Adrian's company, of which he's co-founder, um, is a UK-based importer, exporter, and distributor of speciality food and drink. So he is very, very well qualified to have opinions and ideas about how best to both use jackfruit but also how to really understand the differences because as I've done my little piece of research into uh, jackfruit I have found that uh, there are many different varieties there are many different times when you should and shouldn't encounter jackfruit and it can be used for a whole variety of different dishes so this is something we're going to hear a lot more about so welcome Adrian. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're very welcome. So let's have a, a little kind of um, tour, if you like, of the, uh, the whole kind of concept of, of jackfruit. How, do, how did you first um, become aware of the, uh, the product, I guess you could call it? Yeah, well, jackfruit has been available in the UK for a couple of years or a number of years, but has really sort of snuck under the radar and hasn't really sort of popped up in any big way. Um, so my first main exposure to it was at a big food trade show in the US, uh, back in what would have been January 2019, so only just over a year ago. Um, and there was a manufacturer over, the head, um, over there that had some really nice small pouches of a microwavable sort of snack lunchtime meal um, made with jackfruit. And it was one of those things I kind of, I'd heard of it, didn't really know what it was, got chatting to the producer, who then started to explain all about this fruit, uh, where it was from, uh, its uses, and it was just more and more bewildering to me that the largest fruit on the planet um, was virtually unknown uh, in the UK. And that's really where we sort of got started and, and built up a relationship with them. And I started to see that there was an opportunity to bring it to the UK in a much larger capacity. So we'll talk a little bit about the market, because obviously with the huge growth in well vegetarianism, but particularly veganism um, in, in kind of recent months, really, we're seeing a huge spike in, in growth of um, that as a, as a food choice. Um, this feels like it could be the moment for a, um, a product like this because, you know, a huge potentially growing demand and something that is actually quite a, an ethical and sustainable product that is quite readily and easily sourced. If, if you know the right people absolutely um, and you hit the nail on the head it's the right product at the right time um, uh, an awful lot of people are aware that they need to reduce meat consumption um, and that can be for a number of different reasons whether it's personal reasons health reasons um, uh, ecological reasons uh, animal welfare reasons it's in it's in a lot of people's mindset that they need to do that and if you've got something that's referred to as the meatiest fruit on the planet that's a pretty good product to start with when that is the trend in the food industry at the moment. Um, and that's not going anywhere. That's not going to be an overnight trend where you get some, um, some fad or some berry that's been found in a jungle and it's going to be the new superfood. And then 12 months later, it's gone again. Jackfruit's not going to be going anywhere um, as it's the largest fruit and it's the highest yielding crop on the planet. Everybody is going to be using it um, in all sorts of different meat replacement type meals um, from now going forward, um, you touched on sustainability. It's a very sustainable product as well. 
So we're really coming into the market with the right product uh, at the right time. And that's what's exciting um, for, for us as, as an importer and distributor as well. So it's interesting, actually, when we, we talk about this thing as a fruit. Um, so Jack fruit has an implication mm. that this is a sweet rather than savoury product. Tell us a little bit more about kind of its uses, because as far as I know, there are kind of multiple uses based on it at certain times of its kind of life cycle. Yeah, and a lot of people get confused over this one. So you, you're right in it's, it's savoury, but you're also right in that it's sweet. Um, if you harvest jackfruit before it gets ripe, it's often referred to as young or green jackfruit. At that point, it has no sugar. It has all its fibrous texture to it, so it has its sort of meaty quality, but it only has a very mild flavour and it's not sweet. And this is what makes it perfect for savoury dishes. And it's been used for thousands of years across India and Asia by tens of millions of people in all manner of different dishes as a staple food. And I liken it to us being familiar with the potato. So to an Indian, a jackfruit is, is, is as common and as well known as potato is to us. And, and it's myriad of different uses. But it's very much in savoury dishes in that format. If you let jackfruit get ripe, um, this is later in the season, uh, it turns yellow, uh, it obtains its sugars. It's very sweet and it's sort of like um, a cross between a sort of mango, banana and pineapple um, kind of sort of exotic fruit kind of flavour. And in that format, it's used in desserts, um, ice creams, smoothies. You can put it in pastry, uh, same as any other sort of citrus or tropical fruit. So you definitely don't want to be getting the two confused. Make sure you're buying the right thing. Um, but uh, that's, this is one of the reasons why it's so versatile, because there's not many ingredients or fruits that can be used um, in a savoury and sweet capacity. Oh, fascinating and I think you know when you get that kind of versatility um, in, in one single product that then can lend itself to so many different applications I mean then it becomes you know I think this from a marketing perspective it becomes really really interesting because there are so many um, iterations of what is in effect the same thing now and I know that certainly um, having been sort of vegetarian and vegan-ish for, for many many years I know that one of the things that I've sort of encountered um, sort of over those years is that a lot of the um, products that you can buy say in the supermarket you would probably if you looked at the ingredients you would sort of assess them as being pretty well highly processed so they, they they've actually got maybe additives maybe they've got sort of um, additional sort of things in in terms of flavoring and um, obviously you've got the whole preservative issue going on jackfruit as far as i understand it is a little bit more of a uh, a natural beast it's something that kind of lends itself to being almost sort of delivered as it came and as it grew yeah and this is an interesting debate that you sort of um uh, touch on there in terms of comparing it with other food items you see in the supermarket that are vegan or are vegetarian but are also highly processed and, and the sort of the, the debate is raging and will probably continue to rage over is that a good thing or a bad thing? Now, if you're coming at this from, say, an animal welfare perspective, you could argue as long as it doesn't have meat in, it's just a good thing. Um, a lot of other people are then saying, no, but hang on. If I'm avoiding meat, I also want to do that for health reasons and for what I put in my body. Therefore, I don't necessarily want highly processed food. And a lot of these um, products at the moment um, that have launched especially two very successful launches with two very well-known brands of burger, um, which I'm sure you're aware of. Um, very 
heavily processed, very high in fat, high in sugar, to the extent that one of them actually contains more fat than its meat burger um, sort of competitor. Um, but jackfruit, as you quite rightly point out, is a whole food. Um, it is all natural. It's 100% it's natural, literally, um, sort of by default. And therefore, to an awful lot of people, a much better meat alternative um, than to some of these other products. But where I do give these um, uh, the other burger companies credit is they've really raised the game in terms of what can be done and how you get more people to eat less meat. Because you've really only got, I mean, vegans take up arguably sort of one to two percent of the population. Vegetarians, obviously, substantially more. But there are an awful lot of meat eaters and flexitarians out there who really don't like or don't want to eat for all sorts of reasons the meat alternatives that we've had for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And a lot of them haven't been great. They either don't look like meat, don't taste like meat, haven't got the texture of meat. And if you're trying to persuade people to eat less meat, you've got to really give them, to a greater or lesser extent, a, a good alternative. And these two burgers in particular, and I think both companies will say the same thing in their marketing, they are absolutely not aiming at vegans or vegetarians. They are aiming that product squarely at the meat eater and saying you could and should now eat this because it tastes so good that you almost won't notice the difference. So in that respect, I've got to take my hat off because they've really proved that you can actually dramatically increase the number of people um, who are becoming vegan and vegetarian by offering them a really great tasting and a great, great texture and um, food. Personally, I'd rather do that with a whole food natural option such as jackfruit, which is why we don't import or distribute or sell um, those particular burgers. But it's an interesting conversation that's taking place at the moment um, as to how you get meat eaters to eat less meat. And, uh, and jackfruit, I prefer as being a, an all natural solution to that problem. So it's quite interesting when you think about then this this whole sort of versatility thing, because I, I guess as a chef, I guess as a, uh, a sort of a food product um, buyer, uh, maybe in, in the uh, sort of supply chain for retail, what you're looking at here is a product that can be, I guess, adapted at various kind of points in that supply chain. So it can be adapted kind of up front as it's, as it's imported. It could be adapted by the chef in the restaurant in a particular way, it can also be adapted for kind of the retail shelves but also I guess if you have almost like sort of raw product at home you could be actually kind of inventing new dishes you can be really kind of quite creative in what is also a very healthy way so this almost this is adding a whole new ingredient to um, your, your home chef's kind of um, menu really options. It, it is absolutely um, because the, 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 the young green jackfruit is is very high in fiber and naturally fibrous um uh, a bit like i suppose well uh, any meat but certainly pork which is what most people compare it to it's really really good at absorbing flavors of other things so if you're then cooking at home even if you are a complete amateur and novice in the kitchen you can just put some jackfruit um uh, in a saucepan pour over a jar of cooking curry sauce or barbecue sauce, heat it, stir it up, and serve that with some rice or with some bread. You are literally just heating and serving. To the more uh, highly trained professional chef, um, the world is your oyster. You are working with literally um, a, a, a raw ingredient, and again, I'll use the potato analogy, 
where you can do so many different things with it um, because it will absorb the flavor and, uh, and seasonings and sauces of any other food that you're putting with it. So you can create South American dishes, North African dishes, Mediterranean dishes, Far Eastern dishes. Doesn't matter what you're mixing it with, you can now think it's, it's almost like having a new meat, <laughs> if you if you will. Um, and you say that to a chef and they're like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. I can I can create this. I can do this. I can do that um, to restaurants. Uh, it's an absolute boon because they can take their, their sort of the meat half of their menu and literally swap out the meat, put jackfruit in. And you've got probably a vegan or vegetarian menu without having to do any NPD whatsoever. Um, so in, in that respect, this is why a lot of chefs are now getting excited as they're starting to realize what it is. Um, from our perspective, we're very fortunate working with the jackfruit company because the format that we're importing um, is a, is a pre-cooked jackfruit um, in a food service pouch. It's not in a tin with any water. And when you take the water out of the equation, it increases its ability to absorb flavors exponentially so we're very lucky in that respect that we've got a lot of businesses approaching us now that understand jackfruit and have been working with it for the last couple of years but have been unable to sort of maybe create some of the recipes they've wanted to they now can and they're starting to realize the full potential of it um, because fresh jackfruit is very very hard to get hold of and very hard to process so that's not something you want to be rushing out to the supermarkets and buying on the sh off the shelves just yet yeah, it's really quite exciting this, isn't it? Because, as you say, this opens up a whole new palette, if you like, for, for food. And, it, uh, and if you're a meat eater or a, a meat cooking chef or home cook, um, suddenly you have this new meat mm. product or, or yeah. meat equivalent product, which is, yeah. is very, very real. T tell us a little bit more then about this um, jackfruit company, because um, you've obviously mentioned the uh, India connection. Um, obviously, this is mm. the native um, sort of fruit of, of India, one of the native fruits of India. Um, tell us a little about how the, um, the jackfruit company um, sort of evolved and, and kind of how it actually mm. operates in India. Yeah, that's quite interesting because there's a lot of food companies that have started in the last five, 10 years. It's almost been quite trendy to start up your own food company. And a lot of people have started with something very simple like jams or chutneys or they've jumped on the sort of bean to bar chocolate bandwagon. Um, and a lot of them have realized very quickly that they need to have some sort of sustainability message or story behind their product. With the jackfruit company, it's, it's been almost a sort of the polar opposite of that they by happy accident have gained a story but their original background which was annie the founder um, uh, of, of the jackfruit company she's an ex-harvard medical graduate so she studied medicine and her original idea was to travel out to india with her brother and set up a foundation where they could um, import and supply medicines to families that couldn't afford them and she sort of started that process but whilst um, setting that up was looking to see sort of how these people lived, their lifestyles, saw this uh, jackfruit product, which she had never seen before at all, never even heard of it, and was fascinated by, again, like myself, how the largest fruit on the planet is largely unknown um, to us Westerners, um, and thought, well, hang on a second, this is something that I need to show sort of friends and family back home. Long story short, she very quickly realized, I suppose, a bit like the teaching someone to fish analogy, rather than just giving somebody the medicines, if she could give them an income by purchasing fruit that was otherwise going to waste, export that back to America, not only was there a business in it for her, 
but also she was able to provide a full income, not just some free medicines every now and again, but a full income to hundreds and now over a thousand farming families um, where they would never have had that. There would have been no opportunity for them to do any more business with this fruit or indeed have any chance of, of getting an income or, or, or job full stop. So she's now got a, a beautiful sort of story behind her company, a fantastic sustainability message, a phenomenal welfare message um, by giving over a thousand farming families an income um, just from this fruit that was otherwise going to waste. Um, which solves numerous problems back home uh, in, the, in the US and for us now in the UK and Europe um, with uh, coming up with meat um, uh, alternative solutions. So it, it's, it's an interesting backstory. It's a really lovely story, isn't it? Because it is ticking so many boxes. Mm. You know, the market demand, the being in the right place at the right time, something that's giving you know a, a, an enhanced livelihood to the, the people who kind of need it as well. It, it's just a win-win all around, isn't it, really? So um, from, from your perspective, you really see this as being you know, a, a big, significant uh, growth opportunity financially then and commercially as an organisation. Absolutely. Um, but it's nice to also have that message behind it as well. Um, uh, I've long preached that transparency in the food industry is a trend that is here to stay because every year you get the same articles, the same interviews with the same people. What's going to be the trend for 2020 or 2021 and so on? And about five years ago, I gave up asking, uh, answering that question and have just said my default answer now is transparency. People want to know who made their food where they made it how they made it where the ingredients come from were the people paid uh, an appropriate amount of money and so on and so forth and without that transparency it's very hard i think for a food industry or food company um, to really get a consumer interested in them as a business and become a, a brand loyal customer um, there's quite a big backlash uh, against sort of large food corporations and has been for some time and i sort of see that continuing and with social media now being literally a, a, a global phenomenon, it takes seconds for word to spread. If somebody is, is coming up with sort of false marketing, false advertising, um, we saw it a couple of years ago with the supermarkets with their sort of fake um, farm sort of uh, scandal. Um, it doesn't take long to damage um, some reputation. And these big companies have realized they can't manufacture that. You either have a good backstory or you don't. It's either sincere or it isn't. You're either philanthropic or you're not. And companies like the Jackfruit Company and what Annie is doing, that's fantastic for us to be a very small part of that and for help, to help that grow. Because people ask us straight away, where do you get this product from? Who are the company? What are they doing? Are they paying their farmers properly? all sorts of different questions that you you never had 10, 15 years ago. It was all about how much is it? What does it taste like? Am I going to sell it? Am I going to make money? It was purely commercial. The food industry has really turned on its head now and it's driven by consumers wanting to know about their food. Um, and as like you said earlier on about the highly processed food, people now know to pick up a product off the shelves, turn it over, look at the ingredients and decide for themselves there and then, yeah, that sounds healthy, it looks good, I like this story about the company, I'll buy that product, and then they put it in their basket. So it's a very interesting time for us and a, and a fantastic company to be involved in and, and, and to help grow. So how do people find out more? If somebody's listening to this or watching this and they think, you know, I need to engage with this, it sounds <laughs> exciting not to, um, how can they find out more? 
Um, well, certainly if they're a trade customer, we'd love to speak to you. Uh, we're, we're a trade business. Uh, we supply um, uh, in small volumes to uh, individual restaurants or delis or sandwich shops. We also supply wholesalers and we supply large manufacturers. So you can find us um, at Buckley and Beale. Um, my name's Adrian, as you said, I'm the co-owner. Don't hesitate to drop me a line. Um, you, perfectly happy for you to email me directly. That's just adrian at buckleyandbeale.com. Um, uh, we're also happy to provide details of the wholesalers that we supply. Um, a lot of people in the food industry um, have to work with specific customers, uh, also specific suppliers. Um, nominator supplier will happily um, supply them. If you're a private individual, that can be a little bit trickier um, because we don't really sort of do um, uh, B2C as it's called or sort of business to consumer trade. But we do have the pouches of jackfruit that we import um, available on Amazon. Um, so people can find them on there, either type in pouched jackfruit or jackfruit in pouches, um, or I think they should find it fairly easily if they just type in the jackfruit company. Uh, with a little bit of luck, that should come up there as well. But they're the only people that make what is known as an ambient, so it doesn't need um, refrigeration um, while it's still in its pouch, uh, an ambient pouch of jackfruit. Pretty much all the other jackfruit we've come across in the UK has either been frozen or in a tin. Uh, and the tin stuff is notoriously hard to work with. Um, which is why we don't import it. It's been a fascinating journey through the concept <laughs> of jackfruit. Thank you so much for your time today, Adrian. You're very welcome. Thanks for